Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Let the dance macabre begin. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and a very warm welcome. I know the only one show in the world that combines it all. Singing, music, dancing, traditional and ethnic styles. It's massive. It's twice the Super Bowl. It's like 200 million people. When we reach the end of the show in approximately three to eight hours, we will have a new champion. Now let's get to it. Are you ready to party Europe? It is easy what I say. What I say. This is the Euro Trip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, your brand new Eurovision podcast. My name is James Rowe and joining me this week is not Rob Lilly, as he found out last week with his dealings with that IKEA mirror. He's currently moving house, so he's got a good enough excuse to take a week off. Uh, joining me instead is a man who was rather integral in this year's edition of Eurojury, recruiting some of the continent's biggest artists to form part of the professional jury. He's been a fan of the contest for over a decade as well. How do I know that? Because it's my brother, it's Callum. Hello, Callum. Hello, James. Thanks for letting me join this lovely little podcast and pick me off the substitute bench this week. It's lovely to fill in for for Rob while he's having some IKEA antics, I imagine. Indeed, you've got some big shoes to fill. We've got loads coming up on this week's show, as we always do. Callum will be the one choosing this week's one-second song, so perhaps I will get it right this week. Maybe he's... uh, going to give me an easy one probably not though we've also got the european quiz where we are quizzed by sam deegan on one of the lovely countries that takes part in the Eurovision song contest we'll also be joined 
by Anthony Granger soon for the news in night, your latest news roundup from the world of Eurovision. And we will be having a big guest too. Last week, we spoke to prolific backing singer Dia Norberg. You can listen back to that one on your favourite podcast app. Uh, but this week, we're joined by a lady called Miriam Christine. She represented the tiny nation of Malta way back in 1996. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity, especially for small countries like ours, where the music business is so limited, to have a, a local singer be given that opportunity to meet so many important people and sing on such a very important stage. You're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. Eurovision, we've got it covered. That's right, this is the Eurotrip. And it has just occurred to me that um, for the untrained ear, it may sound like I'm just having a conversation with myself. But thankfully, we are now joined by somebody to try and break that up a little bit. As usual, we start the show with the news in 90. And because of a lot of stuff we said last week ended up being out of date by the time um, Wednesday came around and for you guys to listen, we decided to bring Anthony Granger back. Anthony from youvoir.com. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad. I feel like I've been given like the sympathy card. You know when you're in school and your teacher really just like, you were the worst at it, but they never told you to your face. You still got the sticker. <laughs> you certainly weren't the worst. I just thought it was, it was fair that it didn't seem like everything we all said was just a lie. Um, so we, we're, we're going to give you another go at it. You, you do a, a pretty good job anyway, so we'll have another go at it. For those listeners who haven't tuned in before, Anthony will have 90 seconds to try and round up everything that has happened in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, Callum, I believe, has 90 seconds on a stopwatch in front of him. All ready to go with the stopwatch. Wonderful stuff. Anthony, your time starts in three, two, one. So the big news from last week was that 13 countries will be participating in the Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2020. Um, all of the countries are going to be performing remotely for the very first time. So each of the acts will be in the TV studio in their home country. All of those performances are also set to be pre-recorded. So that's a big question mark as to how that will work. Um, also, for the first time since 2012, we'll be getting live voting links back to each country's uh, broadcasters. So you'll, you won't just see someone on the stage. Uh, next up, Spain selected Soleil Fernandez as their act. Uh, the nine-year-old was internally selected by the Spanish broadcaster. They haven't yet announced her song. On Saturday, we got the first name of the first act that's going to be competing in one of the national selections for Eurovision 2021. Julia Alfreda was selected by a jury in the final of P4 Nasta to go through to Melody Festival. Since 2013, one of the acts in P4 Nasta being given the wild card into Melfest. None of them have ever made it through to the final. Let's see if she does any better this year. Uh, Interculture, which uh, organises uh, Eurovision Choir of the Year alongside the EBU, has said that the contest will be held during 2021. Um, we haven't got a date or venue yet. It is expected to be in Belgium, though, as that will occur at the same time as World Choir Games. And in Germany, a revamp Strong With You will be released on the 22nd of September. She's been filming the music video in Berlin over the past weekend. Um, in Poland, uh, Agata... Oh, Sarwin. and we're going to have to stop on the news about Poland. We won't ever find out what that was. <laughs> 
Well, actually, to be honest with you, you did a pretty good job to pack in quite a lot of news there. And I believe for the first time on the Eurotrip, we got a mention of Eurovision Choir. So that's, uh, that's fairly exciting. I must admit, I don't think I want to talk about it in a great deal more detail. Uh, Callum, uh, have you got any ideas what you want to have a chat about? Well, yeah, kudos to, to Anthony, first of all, because he practically packed in two weeks worth of news in the news in 90. So you've set the bar pretty high there. Um, as to what to talk about, um, my name's not Rob. If it was, would probably be talking about Melody Festival and, and P4 Nasta. Um, but it's got to, I know it's a week old, but it's got to be the Junior Eurovision news, uh, hasn't it? I think it does have to be uh, Junior Eurovision again. Of course, last week we heard the big news that um, instead of all the acts um, gathering in Poland, inside of a big arena as they would usually at Junior Eurovision and uh, Adult Eurovision as well, each broadcaster will be performing be performing in their own country. What are your first impressions of this, Anthony? This is 100% a dry run for Rotterdam, should COVID still be a thing or there be a, a second pandemic or anything like that. I get why they're doing it. It's going to be interesting to see how it works. Each of the broadcasters has been told that they've got to be using the same sort of staging setup and the same sort of camera effects. So you shouldn't have the issue of one broadcaster chucking a load of money on special effects and another just filming it in a very sort of how would you put it uh boring studio with a camera a microphone a singer for three minutes um but it will be interesting to see how it works calm how do you think it'll work do you think it's going to lose some of its impact that we're not going to have the full crowd we're not going to have all of the contestants in the green room it's not going to be the same as what we've been used to is it no, definitely not. And I've got to agree with Anthony. It is a bit of a, a, a dry run or a temperature check as to how you know adult Eurovision would work next year. As to whether it'll lose its effect, naturally you'd think, yeah, it probably will lose its impact and its effect of a live show. But what have we become used to over the past few months? We've become used to uh, changing our habits and changing the way we watch entertainment television. So I think by the time it comes around in a couple of months, we're just going to watch it either way and still still enjoy it. You also mentioned, uh, we'll touch on this very briefly, that we've got another artist announced. Uh, this is Spain. How quickly do you think we're going to start getting all of the other artists? Because there's not many countries taking part this year. No, so there's only 13. But um, if you're looking for the equivalent of the uh, final super weekend of the uh, Eurovision selection season, the last weekend of September, as far as I can remember off the top of my head, you have selections in Russia, Kazakhstan, the Netherlands, Poland, you have the German song reveal, you're most likely going to get a couple of other countries revealing acts or songs. Um, and then you've got the question mark of Georgia, who are running for the next three months their selection, and when exactly they're going to reveal their song, probably going to do what Ireland do and reveal it two weeks before the contest. Well, there you go. If you're looking for some Georgian entertainment television over the next three months, then they've got the ticket for you right there. Uh, now, before we let Anthony go, I'm going to hand over to Callum now, because as we usually do, uh, we're going to give you the first tease of the one second song. Callum is choosing it this week. I'm going to disappear out of the room so I don't get um, a, a feel of it until later on in the show. So Callum, it's all yours. So for you, Anthony, and for all the listeners at home, here is your first play of this week's one second song. I think I know it again. Again, it's a terrible song from the same part of the world. Um, I don't know how you both managed to pick genuinely terrible eurovision entry two weeks in a row <laughs> this is this is the uh, the taste of the row family that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> 
And before we go, Anthony, for anybody listening who wants to get all the latest Eurovision news, where should they be going? They should be going to Eurovoir.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, should you want to get your news from there. Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Hopefully this week, everything will still be in date by the time this goes out. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thanks very much. This is the Euro Trip. So Anthony seems very confident about this week's one second song. I'm not certain you're going to have the same level of confidence though a little bit later on in in the episode, James. It doesn't usually fill me with much hope when our news guests come on and seem really confident on it uh, because I feel like they're a lot more intelligent on the Eurovision Song Contest than I am. So I think just a lot more intelligent, full stop, to be honest. <laughs> it is not the time or the place for that. What it is time and place for is this week's European quiz. Uh, of course, every week, Sam Deacon pops along and gives us three questions on one particular country that takes part in the Eurovision Song Contest. So to find out which country it is this week, let's head over to Sam to find out which one it is. The 21st of September is this country's Independence Day. Here are three questions about Armenia. So for Monday, Callum, happy Armenian Independence Day. Do you know any Armenian to uh, wish our Armenian listeners a a happy Independence Day? Uh, um, Back to you, James. (laughs) No, uh, me neither. Um, So then, um, what I usually ask Rob is, have you been to Armenia? Although I've got a fair idea that you probably haven't, unless you've been sneaking off um, over the past few years. Have you been to Armenia before, Callum? Well, that's the thing. I was hoping uh, we'd choose a country that I had been to so we could carry on the trend of your co-host having been there and having ridiculous anecdotes about meeting locals and and, and getting drunk with them. But not this week. Never been. Would love to. Never been. No, me neither. So let's head over to Sam for question number one. Little Ararat and Greater Ararat are sacred national symbols of Armenia. What are they and where would you find them? Little Ararat and Greater Ararat. It's a good job Jonathan Ross is not asking this week's questions. Um, (laughs) What are they and where would you find them? Well, I'm sure you'd find them in Armenia, uh, but I feel like Samuel is probably looking for a little bit more detail. Um, I think I've got a pretty good guess. Um, Do you want to go first? I I will go first because I trust that you won't just copy off my answer. I feel like you've got something up your sleeve yourself. I think that Little Ararat and Greater Ararat are mountains. And judging by the look on your face... For goodness sake. Yes, that look on your face tells a very big story. And just to finalise this, I think you'd find them in the Caucasus mountain range. Well, there you go. Strange enough, I was going to say the exact same thing as you. So you've put me on the spot here because I'm going to have to come up with a different answer. Um, I'm going to say Little Ararat and Greater Ararat are the two national goats of Armenia and you'd find them on the coat of arms. Little and Greater Ararat, also known as Mount Ararat, is a snow-capped, dormant compound volcano. Despite being a symbol of Armenia, you can find it in the far east of Turkey. Well, that is not what I thought I was going to hear. Um, I, I, I feel like I've hit the post. Um, you've skied your ball out the stadium. 
Are we going to do these football analogies? Uh, Rob started these football analogies last week and I didn't think they'd continue. Um, I'm feeling fairly generous and I think I'm going to give you the point on that one. So very well done to you, Callum. Full point. Wow. Thanks very much. Armenia's 2014 Eurovision representative, RM MP3, sparked controversy after starting an online feud with which other participant from this year? Aram MP3, uh, the more famous brother of Aram MP4. Um, which other participant did he have a feud with? Um, I'm going to dive straight into my answer um, because I feel like it might be the easy point here. Um, forgive me, I don't remember their name, but I imagine it was the representative of Azerbaijan that year. What do you think? You want to talk about what? Um... <laughs> Now, I feel like I remember this. I think I've got to come out straight out with it. I think it's Conchita. I seem to remember them having a bit of, it might have been a bit of a Twitter feud. I might have blown that out of proportion. Um, but I seem to remember them, um, I think literally, kissing and making up at a Eurovision pre-party. Um, so they must have had something going on. So, yeah, uh, fine answer, Chris. Conchita. Conchita. Right, I don't know what's going on here, but clearly you're being fed at least the questions in advance so you can go and Google the answers because never in the previous six episodes of the Eurotrip podcast have either Rob or myself been able to get two points on the bounce. What on earth is going on? I think, um, I think that just proves you need to use that subs bench a bit more often. Yeah, yeah, enough of that. Question number three, Sam. 345 of Europe's 530 types of these can be found in Armenia. What are they? Well, I feel like this would be hard if you were actually from Armenia, which we're not. Um, but saying that, I think I've got an answer. And if it's not right, I'd like to think it's a good, good guess. Um, that guess... Um, references um, a Eurovision song from Armenia from 2010. Um, the song was called Apricot Stone. So I'm going to say um, you can find 345 of Europe's 530 types of apricot. Now then, the competition is over. You've got two points uh, and I've got zero. So I'm not going to win, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick, stick at it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plump in with a guess here. And I'm going to say simply that the answer is stringed instruments. Swans, eagles and falcon are among the highlights. Armenia is a bird watcher's delight. Well, that wasn't my answer, nor was it your answer, Callum. Are you a, um, are you a keen bird watcher in Armenia? Uh, I, I can't say I am, but by the sounds of, of, of that answer, um, we're missing out on a lot of content. Let's head over to Yerevan for our next holiday. Get the binoculars, get the whatever else bird watchers take, and uh, let's head over there and spot some swans. And then at least we can say we've been, like Rob probably has. This is the Euro Trip. You're listening to the Eurotrip podcast. Thanks very much for joining me today. Rob, of course, is not here this week. He's busy moving out. So uh, my brother Callum has uh, stepped into the void. He stepped up off the subs bench and has done a magnificent job at the European quiz, which just proves that he will not be coming back to embarrass me again next week. 
I didn't quite get the hat trick of three points there. Um, but I think I did Rob proud. I feel a bit conflicted. I felt like I was having to represent Rob, but at the same time go up against my twin brother, which, yeah, I feel oh, a bit conflicted. You're not representing Rob here, just so you know. He's definitely not getting any more points. He's way ahead in this leaderboard that nobody's ever made yet. So he's definitely not getting any of your points. You're just going to have those points to yourself and we're going to put you to one side. Um, now then, it is time for this week's big interview. Uh, last week, we were joined by Dia Norberg. She has been to Eurovision more times than I care to remember. Uh, this week, we are joined by a lady by the name of Miriam Christine. Uh, she represented Malta way back in 1996. All those years ago, 24 years ago, she represented her country, despite being born in Brazil. And I put it to her that it was quite incredible that a woman born in Brazil could represent Malta at the Eurovision Song Contest. It's quite incredible, isn't it? <laughs> um, I sometimes pinch myself and can't really believe how lucky and blessed I have been in my life. Um, I always loved singing and music. And then when I was around five, five and a half, I had my first opportunity to sing on stage in a tiny, tiny um, song festival in, a tiny, in our tiny village in Gozo. And then I started piano lessons and then I guess the story started off from there. I eventually started singing also in the bigger island of Malta and continued doing so until my teenagers when I got to um, meet some more important people in the local scene, some important composers like Paula Bella, who then eventually wrote my song for Eurovision. And um, then at, <laughs> it was such a shock at such a young age. I never saw it coming. Um, I got this wonderful chance to represent my country in, in this wonderful, wonderful show. How were you selected back in 1996? Was it an internal selection for the broadcaster or was there a national selection involved? Um, it was a national selection. I had participated first for the very first time the year before in 1995 when Mike Spiteri went on winning and representing Malta and then I it was my second time on that big stage over here and for me it was just uh, an important time to make more experiences meet more people never in a million years i expected to to win and it was just a roller coaster of emotions of recordings in germany and then filming music video and lots and lots of appearances which for a 17 year old was um, like this whirlwind of like four or five months but i i, I recall and remember most most of that time. It was just magical. Now, representing your country at Eurovision nowadays, it's all about rehearsals, press interviews. You know, it's a big commitment day after day after day. What was it like when you were there in Oslo? Was there much downtime? Was there a Euro club? How did you sort of relax away from the stage? Well, I'm sure from what my friends nowadays tell me who have been to the Eurovision lately, um, it, it was quite different. However, we still had lots of rehearsals um, and yes, there was still the, the Euro Club. I believe it was on a much smaller scale and it was definitely much more relaxed. I remember having breakfast one of, on one of the mornings with 
the eventual winner of the contest, Emer Quinn from Ireland. Both of us with no makeup, with our hair like this, you know, and we just relaxed. I think nowadays it's um, all about the image and, you know, the entourage and the press. Yeah, it's become a huge, huge, huge event, which it's not necessarily bad. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity, especially for small countries like ours, where the music business is so limited, to have a, a local singer be given that opportunity to meet so many important people and sing on such a very important stage. It's wonderful. And I think that um, we should continue participating, although you know, lately we've had some, maybe some disappointing results, but it's still a great chance to be on that stage. There's so many people listening, myself included, obviously, who will never know what it's like to be on stage at Eurovision, or indeed what it's like to be in the green room. I've always wanted to know what it's like in the green room. What were your nerves like when the votes were coming in? Seriously, I think my stomach was flipping over. Um, I wasn't... Um, excited or nervous when I actually was supposed to go on stage because probably I was just too young and didn't actually know what struck me but the real nerve started when the points were gonna start and waiting to to get those points and then you don't get any and then you see other countries rejoicing or despairing it's just electrifying you, you can't really experience anything like that anywhere else I believe now then, I'm going to look for some gossip here. You've already mentioned some little stories that you had back in 1996. Do you want to tell us something we've probably never heard about before? Do you have any special stories from 1996? You know, who was a, who was a big diva? Who spent too much time in rehearsals? What gossip have you got for us? Well, I think one of the nicest guys was this, the guy from Cyprus. Um, um, Konstantinos. Yes, he was such a nice guy and he, he sang the song just before mine. So we always used to see each other. He was going off stage. I was going on stage. Very, very nice guy. I remember Gina G was very glamorous. And um, I think she was the one that had the most people around her. And I think, yeah, she was definitely the diva. From my side, um, we had a wardrobe malfunction because when we, I first went on stage for the first rehe dress rehearsal, we discovered that on my top, I still had the security tag attached. And we had shots from also the camera going around me. So we really couldn't have this massive, massive security tag on, on the top. And we couldn't get it off. And I remember one of my team members running around the streets of Oslo for about three hours, going into different shops, trying to get this thing off. And we managed in the end. And uh, yeah, it's just little memories like that, that you smile and have a chuckle about. Wow, you don't find any of those stories out anywhere else, do you? It's those kind of things we really love to hear. Now, I want to ask you about your career since the Eurovision Adventure. I believe you released an album last year? Yes, um, I've released a few albums over the years, always uh, in English. But then I decided that after such a long time, I wanted to do something in the local language, in Maltese. Both languages are official here, but um, lately we've seen a bit of a revival in the Maltese language. More and more artists and bands here are, are deciding to sing again in Maltese. 
it's a, a project that I closed, I hold close to my heart. I wrote all the songs together with uh, some other songwriters on the lyrics. Um, it, it, it was a, very, a really nice end of year last year. It got um, accepted by so many people and it was played on local radio stations. And I was very happy with the result. Um, I'm blessed that after all these years, I'm still somehow in the scene. If it's a passion and it's here, it never really goes away. So I was happy to do that. Now for the future, I have some ideas, but still thinking about different options and um, hopefully maybe I'm hoping for something abroad again but we'll see we'll see time will tell so you say you've got a few a few little options here there and everywhere we've seen some artists quite a few artists in the past who've returned to Eurovision Sergei Lazarev from Russia Lena from Germany for example is that an ambition of yours to one day represent Malta again perhaps using the Maltese language um I never say never in life I do, I am aware that there are so many talented artists coming up in the music scene here in Malta now, all very, 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 the more time goes by, it's like the younger they keep getting. So I am aware, I am obviously not that young anymore, but um, music is eternal, it never dies. At the moment, Malta for a few, quite a few years, we didn't have a national selection. And next year, we already know that our beautiful and talented destiny is going to be representing our country. Um, we don't know what's going to happen the year after, although there are some rumours that possibly the national selection is going to come back. So then we'll see. Maybe if not ex ex exactly as a main singer, maybe even as a songwriter, because I love writing songs as well. But I, I love Eurovision and I don't think the more time goes by, the more I love it. So, yeah, who knows? Possibly. Now then, you've clearly still got a lot of love for the contest. And here on the Eurotrip, we love to ask people not what their favourite Eurovision song is, but we like to mix it up a little bit and try to find out what your second favourite song is. So, Miriam, what is your second favourite song? Your number two song from the Eurovision Song Contest? Of all time. Yeah, of all time. You've got loads to choose from. I think it's The Calm After The Storm. The Common Linnet from a few years ago. Yes, I love that song. It's a beautiful song, so understated, and yet, as soon as I saw it on that stage, um, I said, this is a special, special song. Eurovision, we've got it covered. Miriam Christine there, finishing off by telling us what her number two Eurovision song is of all time. The Common Linnet with Calm After the Storm. I imagine that is a song that many listeners out there would agree with. What do you think, Calm? Ah, I'd say so. I, I always wonder when I listen to the podcast how it feels to be put on the spot like that to answer such an unanswerable question. And... With, uh, with Miriam's answer there, absolutely fantastic work. And speaking of Eurovision songs, it is almost the end of the show. Uh, but earlier on, you guys at home heard for the first time this week's One Second Song. I disappeared out of the room uh, while Anthony was playing it for the first time. And now I'm back and it's my turn to hear it and probably give the worst guess in the world. So for me for the first time, and for you guys at home for the second time, here is this week's One Second Song. Set off the party, poppers. Play Congratulations by 
Cliff Richard, is him, isn't it? Yes, it is. Set off whatever fireworks you've got in your garden because I think for the very first time, one of the hosts of the Eurotrip podcast is going to guess this week's one second song. Callum, I think I know it. Listeners, for, for your worth right now, I wish this was not in audio medium. I wish this was visual because James is going absolutely do lally in front of me right now. I have never seen him react in such a way of celebration in these 24 years on this planet. This is ridiculous. I am very excited to hear what you're going to say. Perhaps you should say, here we go, and find out what James is going to say for his answer. What do you think about that? Perhaps perhaps we should say, here we go. Who would be saying, here we go, James? Oh, this is the difficult one. Um, And the country, I don't know that either. So, for one point, I'm going to say, here we go. I'm pretty sure it's called, here we go. Um, For the year, again, I'm pretty certain it's 2013. This is where... become a bit hazy. I may be getting this drastically mixed up and for that I do apologise. Um, but the artist may have been called P-E-R. Maybe that's a word and you can pronounce it in some way, but it might be P-E-R. And for the last point, the country is Slovenia. Now, listeners, I think we all know how many points James has just got here. He was very confident about the song title. One point. He was very confident about the year. Two points, 2013. He was not so confident about the name of the act. P-E-R. Three points. And finally, the country he thought was Slovenia. Has he got a full house? I don't think I have. I'm not confident on the country. That was just a guess, a total guess of the country. So put me out of my misery. Is it Slovenia? It's not Slovenia. You've got three points on this week's one second song. And I think you should be absolutely over the moon with that, James. The country was Latvia. Amazing. Incredible. I can't believe it. Finally, for you guys at home, maybe somebody's keeping a tally of the points that me and Rob get. Uh, maybe that is actually my first ever point. I don't know if it is. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But three out of four is the best result that myself or Rob has ever gotten on the podcast. So Callum, thanks for choosing a song that just stuck in my memory. Um, so for that, I'm forever thankful. And I'm also forever thankful for you joining us this week as Rob took a week off. Well, first of all, I thought picking a song like that would probably appeal to your lack of taste in music. Um, So I had high hopes you'd get a few points there. Um, And it was my absolute pleasure uh, to fill in for Rob. Um, I'm sure by the time that uh, you're all listening to this podcast, um, he'll have a few cuts and bruises on his arms and legs from all the furniture he's fallen over as he's been moving house. Uh, But he will be back with you next week. And before we quickly say goodbye to you, Callum, 
remind us, did Anthony get four points? Did he beat me at this week's One Second Song? I'm sorry, Dan, this podcast on a sour note, but he got four points. Never mind, let's move on. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Eurotrip podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five star. Until next week's episode, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. From me, it's goodbye. And from me, Callum, to carry on the football analogies, I'm off for an ice bath. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.